guys. Happy Friday. My name is John, and you're listening to the Tech Leader Pro podcast. It is week 26 of 2023, Friday, the 30th of June. You're very welcome. This week, I want to talk to you about why the US beats the EU on tech innovation. This was prompted by the fact that this week I read an article about why it's a bad idea for a young person to start a company in Ireland. I actually agree with this, but would broaden that out to the entire EU. I've worked in startups from Ireland, France and Germany, so I have a decent spread of knowledge on this topic. I believe the four factors that act as brakes on tech startups in the EU are as follows. Firstly, more VC funds are required, especially in seeding. In Ireland, for example, the biggest startup VC is actually the state via various agencies. And they are bureaucracies, slow and risk adverse. Some of the EU startups I worked with actually took their VC funding from the US, but still continue to operate within the EU. That, of course, was adventurous American VCs looking to find new marketplaces to invest in and looking for bridgeheads in Europe. Secondly, a cultural shift towards risk and failure is required. All of the EU has this challenge. Failure is still wrapped in shame, and in some countries like Ireland, going bankrupt can actually have punitive legal consequences. Compare that to the US, where failure is seen as a necessary step towards ultimate success. In the US, there's no shame about failure. It's understood to be part of the process. In Europe, from country to country, it varies, of course. But generally speaking, in Europe, failure is associated with a lot of shame. Thirdly, we need to have a greater celebration of local success stories in the media, specifically less begrudgery. This may be a uniquely Irish cultural phenomenon, as I was interested to note the definition of this word begrudgery mentioned it as being Hiberno-English, namely the variant of English that is spoken here in Ireland. The definition is stated as, quote, resentment or envy of success of a peer, criticism of ostentatious display of success, end quote. Put simply in Ireland, we don't like people getting above their station. We don't like people to be seen to be, you know, overly successful. And that probably stems from some of our history. This is just my my personal opinion, of course. But in Ireland, typically in the past, um, the only rich people were actually the English who who ran the country for a very long time. And they were obviously seen as the occupier. So there's this kind of paranoia around wealthy, successful people. You know, we we treat uh, success as being something that's suspicious. Um, that it's something that the outsiders have. The outsiders have money. The people who are, you know, taking over our, our country have, have money. We don't. Um, so we have this hang up. Uh, it's very funny, really. But we still have this hang up. We are shaking it off in the last few decades, which I'm happy to see. But it still exists, this hang up around begrudgery. We look at someone who's successful and we think, what did they do to get there? You know, did, did they cheat? Did they do something wrong? 
Um, so yeah, it may be a uniquely Irish thing, but I suspect it probably exists in other parts of Europe as well. And then fourthly, we need less regulations against risk and innovation. This is probably the main point for me. Government regulation is an attempt to de-risk, but innovation by its very definition requires uncertainty of outcome. So let's break that apart. Government, governments and government agencies uh, via their um, regulations, they want to remove risk, which is a natural thing to, to do. They want to have food safety, they want to have safety around medicine and so forth. They're all very positive things. Everybody wants that. Nobody in their right mind would think, you know, not regulating food supply, for example, uh, is, is a good idea. But tech is a little bit different. You know, tech is, it, by its very nature, it's innovative. And when you regulate too much in that space, you're effectively going to stifle um, the degree of which uh, companies are willing to take on risks. If they know there's going to be, for example, uh, legal consequences of doing something that violates some regulations, they're going to get more and more nervous about taking any risks. Therefore, between regulation and risk, we have opposing forces at play. It's just a fact. In the US, culturally, people are more ready to absorb risk and they have less regulation. In the EU, it's the opposite. I saw a meme recently online that said that the the only thing that the EU was a superpower on was was regulation, which is um, maybe like most memes, uh, they're successful because there's an element of truth to it. So bringing it back to the original topic, which is, is it a good idea for a young person to start a company in Ireland? Well, let's think about a, a real case in recent years. I often think about John and Patrick Collison, the Irish brothers who founded the payments platform Stripe. In order to get the VC funding they needed, they had to pitch to Silicon Valley investors like Peter Thiel, for example, while they were very young men. Put simply, they had to go abroad to get the, uh, the buy-in to their ideas. They couldn't get the investment here at home. Has, has the situation improved in the last few years? Maybe, but not by a lot. The reality is that a lot of EU, young EU entrepreneurs are still looking to the US, specifically Silicon Valley investors, for seed funding. In the US, with a good vision deck and a great story, you can get investment. In the EU, that is much harder because Europeans tend to look for reasons why something will fail. In the US, they tend to look for reasons why something will succeed. It's a gross generalization, of course, but I think there is an element of truth in that, certainly based upon my own experiences working in EU startups and also working with American colleagues. So now Patrick and John are multi-billionaires and here in Ireland, they are barely mentioned in the media while in the US they are celebrated. I think the begrudgery has eased off. I'm not saying, you know, they're being attacked in any way in the media, but I don't see them being held up as examples for other young people to follow. And I don't see Irish society looking at them and having a retrospective to say, why is it that these two talented young men had to effectively emigrate to, to form Stripe? Why is it that they couldn't build Stripe at home? And who is the next? Irish entrepreneurs building a Stripe-like company and are they getting the support that they require and can we get them to build it at home? Why is it that they need to look outside the jurisdiction to get the funding and support that they need? After all, Ireland is a very wealthy country. 
it goes back to the four points I mentioned before. So in the short term, sadly, I'm not optimistic on this. As this requires cultural change, and cultural change takes a very long time. And in fact, in the EU, it's heading in the wrong direction in terms of trying to mitigate against every little risk in life via regulation. We're getting more regulation, not less. We're getting more invasive regulations. And the fact is, if you increase the regulation on um, uh, an industry, you increase the costs. Because people have to take legal advice, they have to take additional steps in terms of how they build something, how they store data, how they mitigate against, you know, X and Y. They have to take advice on all of that. They have to hire consultants, they have to hire legal people. All of that adds costs, all of that adds delay, all of that slows down innovation. With the best will in the world of the people who are putting that regulation in place, it may be unintended consequences, but nonetheless, that is the consequences. You're going to slow down innovation, you're going to make innovation more costly, and as a result of it being more costly, you're going to deter people from, from innovating, not only small startups, but also large enterprises who may be already risk averse and may be already quite conservative. They're not going to innovate, they're not going to set up R&D labs and look at new technology if they're afraid that if they do something wrong, they're going to get in trouble with the regulators. It's a disincentive, pure and simple. So when companies have to navigate intense regulation, innovation becomes risky and expensive and can often slow to a halt. It really is an opposing force. You can't have both. The more regulation you have, the less innovation. The less regulation, the more innovation. It's a slide rule that goes back and forth. It's an opposing force. I dearly hope on a personal level that this changes, of course. I not only think about it from my own selfish perspective as someone who's interested in startups, but I also think about my children. I think about the future. I want them to stay in Ireland. I want them to stay in the EU. I want them to be successful here and get the access to the opportunities that they require locally without having to look to another country in another continent. I think on these topics, Europeans can learn a tremendous amount from the Americans. I think what they do in America on these topics, they're setting the standard. There's a reason why Silicon Valley is the leading place for tech innovation. It didn't happen by mistake. It happened via intent. And there's no reason why in Europe we can't have the same intent. Okay, so what else am I doing this week apart from worrying about regulation and cultural factors impacting upon innovation? Um, I am working on a script for the next uh, episode in my Tech Leadership podcast series, which will be episode 23. Um, and the title is Turning Up at Meetings and just being present in general, uh, turning up at meetings, listening, closing the laptop, turning the phone upside down, and intently listening to what's being said. Either do that, or don't turn up at all. So that will be the, uh, the basis of that podcast. I'm writing the script at the moment. Uh, I may edit it out next week. Uh, let's see how that goes. Um, also on grepper.org, which is my search engine that I launched a few weeks ago, um, for searching the web in an unfiltered way. Um, I now up to 1.7 million web pages indexed as of today, which I'm pretty happy with. 
Um, still a small number, of course, but you know, give it time, it will grow. In terms of media that I'm enjoying this week, uh, I'm still watching Silo on Apple TV Plus. Um, it's a really fun show. Uh, the final episode, I believe, is coming out this week of the first season, and I believe a second season has been confirmed. So check that out. It's uh, lots of fun. Uh, I'm also doing a replay of Doom 2016. Um, I never actually finished that game. Uh, I don't know why, because it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm replaying at the moment on a modern powerful PC that can run it at 4K and over 60 frames a second. Sometimes it's running into hundreds of frames a second, to be frank. And it just looks absolutely amazing. So I'm having a ball with that. And um, yeah, I think this time I will actually complete it. Uh, in terms of reading, I am reading The Sound of Waves by uh, Yukio Mishima. Um, it's the first book I've read by Mishima-san. Uh, very interesting character in his real life. Uh, definitely look him up. Um, uh, the book itself is actually very nice. I'm actually reading it to, to my son at bedtime. Uh, he likes it too. So I am looking to explore more of his work. And I just think he's a fascinating character historically. Um, so have a look at his personal life as well. It's uh, it's an amazing read. He's quite a character. Okay, so I think I will leave it there for this week. Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, happy 4th of July to my American listeners. I hope you have a nice relaxing weekend with your family. And I will speak to you all next week. Take care. Bye bye.